For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. CHN Radio emergency special. Unfortunately, this emergency podcast is not going to be an exciting one. Uh, we were hoping that the next emergency podcast we do was around the takeover, and you would be right. This would this is about the takeover, but it's not the results that we were hoping for. Um, it was reported today that the consortium has pulled out of the takeover bid, and we're going to talk all about it. Uh, we have some special guests as well to give their take, uh, but first and more importantly, we have to introduce the best damn co-hosts in the land to help us to help guide us through this tumultuous time. Elijah Newsom, how are you doing? I'm I'm chilling. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm doing well, but I'm also not. I mean, it's been it's been a few hours since. I mean, it's been actually almost exactly 12 hours since the news broke at, at the time we're recording this. So I've had time to process and and go about my business and. You know, honestly, the day has gotten a bit better as, as it's gone on. I still feel weird plugging my social media at, at what is going to be an interesting episode. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm excited to, to get into the nitty gritty with all of this and, and talk shop with you, Greg. Yeah, yeah. So let's, let's get into it. Um, let's, yeah, let's just dive right into it. So, Oh, wait, wait. Time let's out. Let's not time dive out. into it. We should definitely still plug our, our podcast account at chn underscore radio. We're doing a giveaway at a thousand followers. Yeah. Um, and of course the main account at coming up in UFC, we will not do a giveaway at a thousand followers because we're at like three thousand followers on that account. So uh shout out to us. Shout out we, to Andy. We say like, oh, we shout gave out. we already gave something away at a thousand followers. Yeah, we yeah, yeah we gave that's, something away at a thousand. That's what you should say. Yeah. And two thousand and, yeah. and three now. So like get to four and yeah, we haven't announced that we're giving yeah, away. If you get to four, we'll, but like there's a chance. Uh we'll give away a we could give away a car. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the realm of possibility. I'm not going to make any promises. It's just a possibility. And it could be any size car, too. Yeah. No, don't say that. Just We just give them the toy car. Well, no, I, I just mean, like, you know, SUV, midsize. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, yeah. We're definitely going to give you guys a real car if we get to 4,000 yeah, cars. Yeah, it'll be a real car. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Totally. totally. Yeah. yeah. All, right. All right. Anyway, so on to the bad news. Yeah, yeah so a statement from Saudi Arabia's Public Investment Fund, PCP Capital Partners, and the Rubin Brothers was released on Thursday afternoon confirming that their interest in buying our club, our beautiful, our loved Newcastle United, is now at an end. Um, the statement did come before any word from the Premier League and, um, and like as like to the outcome of the owners and directors test uh, that has been going on since March. Still, the Premier League has not provided any feedback on that, nor has the club official account. But um, some of the quotes there, I'll read. Uh, it says, with a deep appreciation for the Newcastle community and the significance of its football club, we have come to the decision to withdraw our interest in acquiring Newcastle United Football Club. We do so with regret as we were excited and fully committed to invest in the great city of Newcastle and believe we could have returned the club to the position of its history, tradition, and fans' merit. Unfortunately, the prolonged process under the current circumstances coupled with global uncertainty has rendered the potential investment to be no longer commercially viable. To that end, we feel a responsibility to fans to explain the lack of alternatives from an investment perspective. As an autonomous and purely commercial investor, our focus was on building long-term value for the club, its fans, and the community as we remain committed to collaboration practically and proactively through a difficult period of global uncertainty and significant challenge is for the fans and the club. Uh, there's way more, it's way more. So I just wanted to read at least a little at the beginning. 
So definitely look that up. It's all over the internet. Uh, but we'll start with you, Elijah. Uh, let's get your thoughts. Uh, your just initial yeah. reaction. The, like, try to think of like what you thought when you saw. I think my my heart sank, and I I, I tweeted this out because I particularly for me I I was I mean I've, I think I've been pretty clear on this podcast. I was kind of like it's it's a little weird that it's taking a, a long time, and you know I've tended to agree with a lot of Luke Edwards' sentiments about. There's definitely a fault of, of the buyer here as well as as the Premier League. Um, so my initial thought, I was obviously sad, but I think I was more heartbroken for um, folks in Newcastle because um, this was something. And again, I've only been in Newcastle fan under the Mike Ashley era, so um, I was explaining this to my friends. Like, there's a lot of Newcastle fans who, like, obviously this was going to be um just a, this was this was hope literally hope for newcastle fans the first time i'd seen this fan base uh rejuvenated with this sense of hope since rafa benitez decided he would stay and lead us through the championship season um and so i think i felt so bad for the people in newcastle the lifelong fans the fans that grew up seeing newcastle in europe and were like we could finally get back to europe we can finally get back to being one of the biggest clubs in the world i felt so bad for those fans and then again just the city of Newcastle and that whole region was, was, was slated to get so much investment. Um, that's just not going to happen. Jobs, uh, obviously new restaurants, shops, all this other stuff that would have been just so great for the whole region and really made the Northeast a region that England could be proud of and could showcase to the rest of the world. And I think that is what is, was, was more, most painful for me. Um, again, I'm, I felt like this was going to, and I didn't, I was, I was, I would say this. I don't know if I was feeling like this was going to get pushed through by the Premier League. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So my initial reaction was just like, so I've, I, I've unfortunately been one of the supporters that have like just become numb to this takeover until like, if it was, would have happened, I would have been going nuts right now. And, um, drinking way more than i'm drinking now and also if you're listening just grab a grab a bottle of of liquor don't go can um and just sip sip with us we're both doing it you should do it too this is this uh no can here we're we're bottles (laughs) the issue is that like it's both the it's both the it's the evening for both of us like we're gonna get a lot of fans listening to this oh yeah no no no. even if it's even if it's 9 a.m just this is a this is a pro bottles (laughs) podcast no cans i mean we're we're always pro bottles. We're actually bottles over cans yeah. the majority of the time. Yeah. So just just sip with us <laughs> during this. Point. Like, we you know we we feel you. We know where you're at, <laughs> and uh, you should definitely definitely join us. And actually, I'm gonna pause real quick to take a sip. Okay. So now that we're back into it, um, after that lovely sip of whiskey, you know, I when it happened, I was like, of course. Of course it happened. And I like I had a feeling like like that would happen because we're used to that now. Like we should be used to it at least. There was so much promise in this bid. And we're we're gonna get into more things that maybe you can call them conspir- conspiracy theories or whatever you want, but um you know, there's there's some other things going around. But the fact that it was turned down is is a feeling that I'm used to at Newcastle United. I only got a year of a full year of pre Ashley. And so I barely remember it. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's just something that like, I think we're unfortunately used to as, as a supporting group now, but for the last 13 years, this is what it's felt like. Um, so that was my initial reaction. I like, I had notifications set up for like a bunch of accounts to like canceled all those. I was like, I don't, I don't want to be a part of it today. <laughs> and I knew my phone was going to blow up too. So, um, uh, yeah, so that that's initial reaction. But what we wanted to do was to get some reactions of other people. And as you you all know, a great friend of the podcast, been on, I don't even know, what was it, five times maybe? Yeah, um, a lot. And then also on the False Nines, also on Grant. Like, I mean, he's, he's actually a friend of ours at this yep. point. Um, I, I think he's been a friend of ours for a while. So, uh I mean, yeah. man needs no introduction. Right? Yeah, so we're, we decided, like, you know what, Warren Barton, it's, it's we, the people want to hear your thoughts, so let's do it. So we sat down with Warren, and uh, we got his thoughts and just wanted to know his thoughts around a few questions that we asked. So uh, we record that a little early in, in, in 
the day. So we're going to cut to that right now. Um, but remember, have your bottles out, sip with us, and let's listen to this okay. lovely interview with me, Elijah, and Warren Barton. Okay, we have Warren Barton with us. Uh, again, thank you, Warren, for coming on. Really appreciate it every time you, you pop on. But this, for unfortunately more of a somber discussion, um, and adding, as we talked about before recording, uh, how awful 2020 has been. Uh, but I just wanted to start off by getting your thoughts on the news this morning that the consortium pulled out of the deal and there's no takeover of Newcastle United. Yeah, and obviously being in Southern California, there's a, an eight-hour delay. So I'm waking up to it at six o'clock in the morning and, you know, obviously this, the story's been out for a few hours and just huge disappointment, you know. Um, had high expectations earlier on, you know, what was it, 16, 17 weeks, you know, very positive and you know, listening to the journalists and people that was, you know, creating the stories that are highly recommended um, and talented people. Uh, and then to wake up to it again is a, is a bitter blow. Um, I think, you know, you can say 2020 has been a real crap year. Um, with Kobe Bryant, uh, it was a big role model for me. And then you've had obviously all oh, the pandemic and uh, Black Lives Matters and the situation there that went on. And then obviously dear to my heart and, you know, obviously something that I've followed for many, many years, obviously, you know, playing for the club and being captain, looking at Newcastle's, you know, season, how it just drifted away and then hoping that this was going to come along and, and change everything. And it obviously, you know, we're, we're back to square one. Uh, we, we've heard about different people that may be interested, but this one felt like the real deal. It felt that it could take us not just a, a takeover and a new era, but like a, a whole new dimension of the club and where the club can challenge. And, you know, it's 24 years today when we bought Alan Shearer for a record of £15 million at the time. You know, that's the type of things we was all getting excited about, that we could start believing that we could be a force to be reckoned with again. And the fans, and I think that's as well on top of not only, as I said, a, a, a new ownership, but where it could potentially take us um, and you know we, we sit again um, disappointed disillusioned um, and I heard someone say on TV you know drained because we love the club we want the club to be successful successful but we just seem to keep hitting our head against a brick wall and uh, you know we, we keep believing it's it's part of the the, the Geordie belief and the, the focus that you get behind the team but this is a tough day. This is a tough day. You know, it's um, it, it's one that we need to, you know, get ourselves together a little bit and, and look forward. But, um, you know, we, we keep our fingers crossed yet again and uh, we see what happens. Yeah. Um, well said, as always, Warren. Um, well, of course, this is Elijah here. Just kind of off the top of your head, where do you think we go from here? Um, as a fan base, again, once again, being burned. And then with the season essentially being around the corner and, and at this point, two weeks time, players are reporting for, for next season. And uh, it looks like for the foreseeable future, Steve Bruce is going to be running things uh, over at Newcastle with Lee Charnley and Mike Ashley. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I want to say about Steve Bruce because it publicly, when it broke about the new, uh, takeover that was happening. You know, someone asked me, with all that money, who would you have? And my my statement was Pochettino. Um, I think with the money and the, the the style of football, how he is with young players, how he is with with um, exciting players as well. That's where I said Steve has done a solid job, a job that you know Steve Bruce would do, because there, there was no doubt. Is it going to be flamboyant? He did what he needed to do, which was keep the club in the Premier League. And unfortunately, that's where we are at the moment. And it's so disheartening that, that we are satisfied of just being... Well, not satisfied, we just say a, a big sigh of relief that we've managed to stay in. Yeah. And Steve has done, in difficult circumstances, he's done well, he's kept the team in now. So first and foremost, I want to say that about Steve Bruce because played against him for many years. He was a rock at the back for Man United and you know, earlier on with, with Norwich. Uh, and wherever he's been at whatever club, he's always done a good job. And he's done a good job at Newcastle. Is that what we expect? Is that what we want for the future? No, we wanted to have the promised land. We wanted to have a new beginning, a fresh beginning. Um, now that this has happened, 
Elijah. And as you rightly said, you know, two weeks down the line, we're going into a, a new season with Steve. It's going to be a grind. It's going to be a grind as a fan. It's going to be a grind as a player. It's going to be a grind for Steve Bruce. Um, and we just, again, keep our fingers crossed that we manage to stay in the Premier League. You know, we live in hope. I live in hope that maybe, because as I said, it's been a crap year, that something might turn around in this year. That something might spark all of us into a new beginning and really, you know, take this year by the scruff of the neck rather than being bullied by it. Um, and that's where we are at the moment. You know, Elijah, I'd, lo- I'd love to say that maybe in the next 48 hours, we're going to get a new takeover and, and things like that. But I just wanted to put that on the record about Steve because Steve has come under uh, criticism and that's part and parcel of the job. He knows that. He knows that, you know, he was, he, he managed Sunderland. He's, you know, he's had that against him as well and all them type of things, but he's done a solid job and, and knowing Steve as I do um, for, for many years, I'm not, I'm not surprised by that, but you know, I want more from my club. I want more from where we are. You know, when we say we've had a great season, we survived. That's not the Newcastle I, I know and the Newcastle I've been brought up on, you know, as a player and as, as a captain of the club. But it is what it is. So, you know, from going forward, they've said the money they're going to have. It doesn't fill me. With, I'm not really excited by it. You know, it's, it, it's like, okay, I'll dust myself off again and we go again and we just look maybe. Uh, you know what I would do now? I'd maybe go for young players, the, the youth. You know, Peter Ramage, who's been over in the States at Phoenix Rising in the USL. He's just took over as assistant coach at the U23s. I'd go for young players then. I'd go for rebuilding and get young, exciting players in there. Do you really want, as a fan, getting up at six o'clock in the morning in, in Denver or wherever we are to watch a game, to see a nil-nil or one-nil or what? I'd rather see us go toe-to-toe and lose 4-3 or go and win 4-3 or win 6-2 with young, exciting players. That That's what I would do at, at the moment. But, you know, uh, I'm not involved with it. Well, I've got plenty of time on my hands. I've got nothing to do at the moment, so but we'll, we'll wait and see. But, yeah, I try and, you know me, guys. I've been with you long enough and I respect your look as well. You, you know, I, I always, you know, my glass is all, always half full, you know, and that's the way I look at it. And uh, hopefully with Newcastle, it will start going a little bit in the right direction. Yeah, we, we always say on the podcast, I, you know, I follow the U23s for our site and I talk about them on the show. And it's like, it's kind of just, there's not a ton of potential there. And it, it, you know, it could turn no. into that. Um, and, you know, we see we had two Academy products start and score in the Premier League this year with Sean and Maddie. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's, there's not enough there. And, and there's plenty of talent around the world. And you see clubs like Bundesliga coming to America, making partnerships with MLS clubs and finding talent and bringing them in, like growing them, using, using the skill set. And, and there, it's just different playing in, in Europe than it is in the U.S., and you can really find a lot of talent still in the U.S. So, and in South America, I mean, there's plenty of opportunities that are cheap, and like you just need a little bit of patience. Which, as long as we're in the Premier League, it seems like we have patience. Uh, yeah. So, so I, I would love to see the club go that route too. I, I would. Um, okay, I would love to see maybe Newcastle go and do like a Dortmund or Ajax. Go and find these young players for you know whether it's. A, Macedonia or Kosovo, wherever they are, these young players that are hungry mm-hmm. for two or three million and, and make them into superstars. Yeah. Um, maybe that's the role model for us at the, at the moment. I'm just trying to scratch my head to try and think of how we want to be. You know, what do we want to be? How do we want to build people up? So maybe that's what we want to try and do. Um, it's a million miles away from where I want us to be, but yeah. that may be it. Because just being that, is nothing doesn't do anything for me doesn't do any as a as a fan you know for me to walk up them steps at St James's Park and at least say cool look at him look at you know this could be the next Ginola or the next Espria or this kid's got a bit of Alan Shearer about him you know or Peter Beardsley you know that type of thing you know at least you can walk up the steps with a bit of optimism yeah then at the moment thinking bloody hell I need another beer to get through this <laughs> a few a few of them um one, yeah. one question I have is you've been you've always been saying that the best way to show force as a fan base is to be there and to to for 90 minutes to scream uh and that's that's how it should be the use of any boycott or protest uh for for once at least for since we've been a podcast, for once the scapegoat doesn't seem to be Mike Ashley anymore because he's willing to sell and he's proved it. 
at this point. Um, it, do you think it would be worth it, say, when, and I'm purely speculating, I haven't heard of anything like this, um, so this is coming out of just my brain and my brain only. Um, when the fans come back, how would it look if we boycotted the Premier League? For, for in your opinion, it would definitely it would definitely make a statement. Yeah, uh, I think if that's what we want to do, and we've seen protests, what we've had is is really made people across the world. As I said, we've seen it in recent weeks that people take notice of that, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I think from uh, soccer aside, and you know, life in general, if people are not in the stadium. Uh, and making that, it would be a huge statement and a concern um, for, would it be for Mike Astley? Probably not, because he's already got his Premier League money. People have already paid their tickets. And he's, as you said, he's looking to sell. So whether it would affect him, but it would definitely make a statement mm -hmm. because Newcastle uh, are known about their fans, you know, throughout the world, whether it's Celtic, Newcastle, Liverpool fan, they've got that aura about them. Um, and if Newcastle fans didn't turn up, it would make a statement. Now, how long you'd want to do that, I don't know. You know, and I've always said, uh, you know, I'd get behind the team. Not necessarily, sometimes a club, you know, directors and that can, can be difficult to get behind. But as a team, I would try and get behind it. But it would definitely make a statement. Definitely make a statement. Yeah. Um, and I do think, uh, I mean, this is something that I've kind of seen. And um, I, I mean, I have my own, my own opinions on this, but... Um, there's been there's been some some longtime Newcastle supporters who this was the tipping point for them and they've they've walked away from from the club they've walked away from supporting the club uh, I don't know I mean I don't even know you know do you have any thoughts on that do you have any words of encouragement for for fans who seem like yeah. this is this is the end of Newcastle as we know it. Um. I felt I said that as well. If this didn't go through this deal, I would be, I would be devastated in the sector. I can't see a future of, of what I want, of what I believe in uh, as a club. So, you know, time is a healer, um, and I think what we've noticed in this pandemic throughout the world is that we miss our sports. We really do, you know, getting up and missing our sports, and it's not been the same watching. Bundesliga or uh, the Premier League or, or even MLS with no fans. It's it's not been the same. And, you know, the NBA starts as well. It's, it, you know, you're missing fans. And, and obviously Major League Baseball's started as well. So I think one thing that's shown through this pandemic is that we, we miss our sports and fans, as much as TV and revenue and sponsorship is a big, big part of the business, it ain't a business unless you've got fans in the stadium. Um, and from that point of view, I... I would find it hard for a true Geordie or a true soccer football fan not to all right, miss one game, but to miss a whole season would be very, very hard to do. You know, not watch it on TV and not support your team or, you know, the new jerseys are out, the new uniforms are out. So, you know, you want to be part of that. And, you know, a new player signs, you want the new shirt with his name on the back. Um, I would say, as I said, time's a great healer. Um, but this is testing us. This is really bloody testing us because we, we've been in it for a long while. Um, but, you know, as I said, I, I love my sports and I love my club and uh, I, I would find it difficult to turn my back on it and walk away. You know, hmm. uh, Shankly and Paisley said it, you know, football's more than, than life itself. It's more, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's everything, you know, and I, I think, you know, that's what, that's why we all love the game. You know, it's, it's not a job. It's not, a hobby it's our life it's part of when we work towards saturday sunday to watch the game that's why we're all so bloody frustrated and, and pulling our hair out at the moment because it, it gets you you know we're not it it ruined my whole day you know i woke up this morning and my if, not that i would do it because you have to be pleased if i had a cat i would have kicked it but I, you know <laughs> that's how that's how i felt Me but, too. you know it's, Me too. <laughs> yeah that's that's life that's life but you know tomorrow is another day and then, you know, like, as I said, we, we start looking for a, a positive and, and where do we go from there? So, you know, as, as I said, it, I would just say with the fans, maybe have one day off, but I'm, I'm sure that they'd be itching to come back and support the team. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, Warren, we really appreciate you coming on for, for a few and sharing your thoughts. Um, 
hopefully hopefully the next time we have you on it's something really exciting <laughs> and uh and we can like celebrate together on that <laughs> yeah well, i'd like to think so every time we do it it's bloody doom and gloom so i, I don't know whether it, i don't know whether it's me or used to used to used to bring it out but i love your hair some of the hairstyles guys are fantastic oh thank you, you know? i right. just the, i had it braided recently hair, and i took hair, it out yeah. and it looks like this so thank you for that <laughs> It makes you look younger. It makes you look younger. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, Warren. Well, it's been a pleasure. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Um, and, and hope you're, you and your family are safe and healthy. And you, everybody. Take care. Right. Thank you very much. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews, and the best Newcastle videos and podcasts, download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. And that was Warren's Takes on this whole situation. So Elijah, Elijah, what's your thoughts on anything, any, any take that you have from what Warren said there? I mean, I think for me specifically how he ended on just, Hey, like I can understand uh, that people are going to be off, off rip, incredibly frustrated with the club, but I, I believe him. I think there's a lot of people that have said they're going to walk away out from the club after, after this. And it's also something that we've, we've seen a ton. I think, when uh, Steve Bruce was hired, there was a lot of people that were like, I'm going to walk away from supporting this club after 15 years as a season ticket member. And those people are still tweeting about Newcastle to this day. So I'm, I'm with Warren on that. And I just enjoy, like, he's just one of those people that, like, he says it. He's half glass full, and it just really makes you put things in perspective. It's like, hey, like, you know, earlier this season, Wigan, like, almost didn't exist. So, like, at least we're not, like, Wigan. Or at least we're not in League One, like Sunderland. And you know, they can get their jokes off and, and destroy the comment section of, of the athletic articles trying to troll Newcastle fans. But, I mean, we're still in the Premier League. Um, we still have a job to do. The lads are probably are, are definitely going to be excited to get back to work and work hard now that, you know, there's a little bit more certainty about their future. And, um, I mean, that's honestly what is the best thing to kind of focus on as we close out this week. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like, you know, and I think, you know, we, we got a little bit of emotion too. Like you could just tell how much it hurts to hear that news from mm -hmm. like, we, you know, we're at, and most, a lot of Americans listen to this show as well, but like um, it, it's harder for us to fully understand this. Um, and like, and I know some Americans are originally from England, but you get it. If you, if you weren't from born and raised in England, like it's hard to connect fully to what, how this feels and a guy who's played for the club, and like it is his club, and he's cheers for them every 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 match. Um, to hear like and the tweets about them when he's like, I woke up this morning and like I, my day was ruined. I mean, he mentioned he would kick a cat. So like like just the frustration and anger from that, and that's how everybody's feeling. Um, I hope Burnsy's okay as well. <laughs> and yeah, I I I bet he's had a complete mental breakdown. Like it's, I mean, and most Newcastle fans have. I mean, this was. This is just, I don't know, it, it's something that, and I briefly wrote about this, it's like there's an onus on just the Premier League for letting this go on for so long to this point, per se, just in general, but just for the sake of the mental health of everyone involved. It, it would be hard to ignore how invested Newcastle fans were in this takeover and the ups and downs of this whole thing. And really, like, it's been so wild going through this whole experience because like you kind of look up and you don't even realize like when they went into O and D test, that was 17 weeks ago. That was the beginning of the pandemic. Like it doesn't even feel like that long because it feels like the same cycle that we heard, you know, everyone's tweeted about it. The same cycle we heard um, throughout the whole, the whole time of the O and D test where it's, you know, it starts off confident and then there's a snag in the plans and then, doesn't matter like oh sorry deal's going to get done at the beginning of the week there's been a snag in the issue there's some issue that comes up and then you know but the buyers still remain confident that it'll get done next week like that same cycle it just it happens so often that you forget how long that this has really been just taxing uh the hearts and minds of, of so many newcastle fans yeah yeah so elijah i want i want you to to kind of break down um so there was an, an athletic piece done like if you're not subscribed to the athletic like what what even are you at this point um, at least get the free trial yeah for sure um so i i would love to for you to give it like a recap of that article so um george Calkin interviewed amanda stavely there's a lot of things said in it 
So Elijah, if you could give us like a, your synopsis, maybe in your own words, just kind of recap some things that happened, some of your thoughts, and we can, we can just build off of that, I guess. Yeah, I would say this article was, was timed perfectly. Um, it tied up a lot of the loose ends that we were hearing throughout the day. There was a lot of different rumors floating around about like whether that, you know, accusing certain clubs of being, you know, against the, the bid and, um, you know, accusing Mike Ashley of, of raising the price last minute, and that being the reason that the, the deal fell through. Or, you know, even things like just, um, I, I don't know what else. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, oh, yes, like Henry Maurice's investment, all that kind of stuff. Um, and this kind of tied it up. And, you know, there was, there, George got some slack in this uh, for, for publishing this piece by a lot of folks in the comments. And I'm just going to assume that they're Sunderland fans um, because I feel like the Newcastle fans are, are completely fine with, with this. Yeah. But, we never, um, we Stan never really attack was, anyone. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we don't, we don't attack any journalists for sure. Yeah. Um, but essentially this is a very emotional interview for Amanda Stavely and her partner, um, her husband, and, and as well as business partner. And essentially what, what she went on to say was, long story short, the Premier League is the reason this this they're pulling out. Um, you know, the initial statement makes it very broad. Um, and, and the statements beforehand make it very, fairly broad as to why, they're, why they pulled out. But, I mean, fans immediately jumped to the conclusion that it was it was because the Premier League was taking so long with this. I mean, it's a 17-week owner, 17-week fin proper test, which is just – far too long in the eyes of many and Stavely kind of confirmed this uh she essentially said a couple things she was that they were told the the bid was going to get waved through um multiple times throughout this process and all for it to then hit another snag um they've complied with every single um demand of the premier league so far um and she even uh back when we heard this earlier this past week uh when the premier league was unsure of the structure of the club um, that stems from the Premier League wanting to um, name Saudi Arabia and uh, Jamal, not Jamal Khashoggi, geez, Saudi Arabia and uh, and MBS, the the direct chairmen and controlling chairman of of the club, and not the PIF, um, which is not at all the structure that Stavely and them brought to the table. She said that was a big issue, and they were not willing to budge from that. They did not want. Uh, Saudi Arabia to be named as like the principal chair of the club because obviously then the bid would would uh, would, would it would be easy for the Premier League to deny the bid uh, outright. Um, also, she she revealed that there were some Premier League clubs that were opposed to it. Um, she didn't really name them, I don't believe, if I remember correctly, this was a couple hours ago. Um, but 360 tweeted out um, that they this was on I think the Times might have tweeted out that Tottenham and Liverpool were among some of the clubs. Uh, that were opposed to um, this takeover happening. Uh, and, of course, uh, she also mentioned that, uh, of course, they were planning on doing 250 million pounds of investment over the next two years um, in the academy, transfer window, um, infrastructure, et cetera, et cetera. And she's just, of course, really upset none of this could happen, um, really feels for the city because additionally, and that's where the Rubin brothers were, um, you could tell that they were really upset about this was like, there was, there was going to be a lot of investment into the city and uh, into the, into the, the region as a whole. And that's, it's really unfortunate that wasn't going to happen. Uh, she also mentioned that uh, it's, it's ignorant to call this sport washing because if, if it was sport washing, Saudi Arabia could have easily bought Manchester United for 3 billion, uh, 3 billion pounds and instantly gained influence and propelled Man United to being the most popular club in the world once again, and that would make more sense for them because the majority of Middle East, and this is my own take, by the way, it would make sense if it was truly just sport washing, which again, definitely a little bit of sport washing in my opinion. But if it was true, just I want to sport wash, blah, 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 get my name out there, Manchester United makes sense because they're already the most popular team in the Middle East. But anyway, so she says it's not sport washing. She strategically approached the PIF because she wanted at least 500, 700 million pounds in backing, and she wanted someone who wanted to see this as an investment project, which the directors of the PIF all saw this as a good way to invest into the West, invest into a local community and really uplift the Newcastle community. And finally, um, a couple more things. Uh, when asked about Harry Maurice's bid uh, of 350 million pounds, she says there is no bid. There's no other bids that 
have been made. It's literally just been her and Ashley. She did confirm that Mike Ashley um, did, after exclusivity ended a couple weeks ago, did raise the price, and the ownership group agreed with the price, which um, defuncts another kind of conspiracy that was out there. Um, And uh, I guess, oh, the last thing she did um, was she said that essentially now it's all on the fans. Like the Premier League still, even after hearing this news, haven't really given them any update as to whether they would have passed the OD test or whether or not the status of the OD test, it doesn't even seem like the Premier League is even aware of their official removal from the the process as a whole. Um, But uh, she says it's really up to the fans. If the fans want this to happen and put pressure on the Premier League, they'll have to say something, which is, I mean, that's a claim and a half because the fans have been tweeting at the Premier League for the past month and a half and nothing's happened. Um, But since that has been revealed um, and all this stuff, again, read the piece. It's it's really good. You can tell the emotions that are in Amanda Stavely's kind of thoughts um, and, and, and the emotions in her heart she feels towards this, this project of hers that she's tried to attempt three different times. Um, But since this, since her declaration that fans should be involved, there's been a petition that's already making the rounds um, to get an independent investigation to the Premier League's um, handling of this this whole process. Um, and I guess the last thing I'll end on, just other news, odds and ends. NBC International and uh, Jamal Khashoggi's uh, former fiance both tweeted out statements or released statements saying this was a win for human rights, which again... Like, I think there's a, just a misunderstanding because it really didn't deny the, the bid they pulled out. But, I, I mean, I guess it's a win for human rights. Um, but I'm not a human rights expert. But, yeah, a lot of stuff revealed. I know I said a lot. Took up, you know, five minutes of everyone's time. Greg, do you have anything to add? Yeah. Yep. I have a few things that, that we might add. So, okay, uh, I'd like to talk about conspiracy theories. How do you feel about that? Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel that you dropped a hot one earlier that I didn't even think about that I feel like you should share with the world. Yeah, so one thing about this interview that raised my attention is that it didn't ever sound like they formally pulled out of the bid. Um, yeah, also, before you go on, I want to make a note. A very key line in this in this whole thing was Amanda Staley said, if the Premier League right now approved them after, uh, after saw them as fit and proper owners, everyone would come back to the table and sign the paperwork, transfer the funds immediately. She said, there's no disagreement between the three parties involved. It's just frustration with the process as a whole, but please continue. Yeah. So that, that led me to believe that, and, and there's no evidence here from what I'm about to say. So we're just on the conspiracy theory page. What if this was a ploy to get the premier league to move their ass a little bit and say like, step out, say, oh, we withdrew from the process, release a few statements, do some interviews, express their frustration to one party and one party party only, the Premier League. And then, like, the Premier League's like, dang, like, we look like absolute crap right now. And, like, get all Newcastle fans in the tizzy, get, like, even national reporters in the tizzy, and everyone talking about it, and force the Premier League's hand a bit to at least make a statement. And maybe put make the deal move faster. Um, that's one theory. The other, the other thing I just want to say, and this is kind of an, an aside to everything. Um, on my, you can follow me on Twitter at NFC underscore Greg. But uh, I've been like last few days, like very sarcastically, uh, tweeting to the Premier League uh, and telling them to DM me about any information they have on the takeover. The thing is. I know it doesn't seem a lot of people realize this, especially a lot of you on Twitter, that the Premier League is run by somebody who's involved with the social media team and has no idea what's happening with the takeover. Um, so as every you can tweet that as many you, times I like how you were also as you want, and they will yeah, have you, no I, clue what you're talking about or any idea what you mean. They are told what to tweet and when to tweet, and they do that in a better way than the person who tells them what the message they need to bring across. So everyone's like trashing their account. And I'm just like, hey, uh, Premier League social media team, by the way, uh, just DM me. Shoot, I won't tell anyone. Like, tell me, tell me that secret of the takeover. Like, it's they, uh, they don't know. <laughs> Dude, and you, 
And your tweets were doing numbers too. There was even one that no, was I like, don't think they were. you you said the initial tweets, and then you you started a thread and was like at Premier League in USA, you too. Yeah. And Premier League in USA literally just tweets out like pictures of fans on match yeah, I, day. I said like <laughs> it's like their whole content yeah, is. I was like Premier in USA, like you're not absolved of blame either. And like yeah. I was about to add like a few other because there's like Premier League France, and like I was about to just add yeah. them all and like Google Translate in that language, but. I just didn't. I didn't go. Oh gosh! But like, yeah, they don't Man, know it, what's it, happening. It, but this this move, if if huge F here, if that this is some sort of like move that the PIF or this consortium is making, uh, it could make things come around. But basically, like what I'm getting from a lot of this is I'm not hearing a full on like stop now. Like it could be fully intended that that is the case, and and maybe it's just wording. Like Amanda's interview, like she was sobbing in an interview, and George pointed that out that she was sobbing for most of the time, um, and that George seems to think it's done, but the language doesn't seem to be that way, in, in my opinion. So and it's just, something, just the something manner in every the which the manner which everything kind of was released is was interesting too. You got consistent statements focusing on a few key things. Um, coronavirus was was mentioned once, and I think once or twice in the three statements. But what was really hammered down with everyone who spoke was just how unfortunate it was that the region was not going to get the investment that it deserved. Every single person mentioned that, which was just like a very interesting, like you said, it's an interesting thing to say if the, the deal's completely dead. And obviously it could be a genuine thing, but it's also like a, hey, Premier League, this is bigger than just us owning a team. This was, you're basically ruining the investment of an entire region um, that desperately needs it. So there's that. And then also with the, with the, the PR tactics, we're talking about Amanda Stavely, who we have mentioned multiple times and have called her out on this multiple times is a master of, of PR tactics. Um, I mean, famously with her, her most, her last bid made the entire thing public essentially in order to force Mike Ashley to, to basically make a decision basically out of the fact that she had met all of his demands and he refused to make a decision. So there's a little bit of that to, to take into consideration but, I mean, I think the last thing I kind of want to say on this is as much as this seems like it is a Premier League issue, I think it would be ignorant of us to just ignore the fact that there are certain issues that that were an issue before the bid and they're issued during the bid and they're going to still be an issue that the Saudi PIF could have addressed. And I understand they want to make it seem like there's no there's no link between the government and the PIF, but everyone knows there is. And when you have an issue like piracy – that the Saudi PIF is, or the Saudi Arabia is, is just been very on and off about dealing with. They do one thing that, that leads you to believe that they're trying to nip the issue in the butt, but then they do another thing that essentially is a big F you to Qatar and the whole piracy thing. It makes it really hard to get your, your, uh, your bid approved. And it's something that you have to, for, have to foresee. Everyone talks about the 350 page document that the Saudi Arabia sent to Premier League, but after that document, they still had multiple issues with piracy and still had to take a ton of action in order to address a lot of the concerns surrounding piracy um, with the Premier League. So it, it seems like, like there. Obviously, I think that there's there's a lot of there's a lot of blame to be pushed around, but I don't think it's 100 percent on the Prem. I think it's a little bit on both parties. For once in his illustrious career, you can't blame Mike Ashley for any of this. Um, he kind of did what he had to do. He. He gave them all everything they needed, all the resources they needed, sent it off to the Premier League and kind of just was sitting there waiting to make his money. So uh, I don't want to say I feel bad for Mike Ashley, but he's certainly not at fault here. Um, so if you see that floating around, go ahead and nip that that theory in the butt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're we're about to go to uh, Zach Pensack, who hosts our False Nines podcast. He, he has some words too. But the one thing that I want to say is, and it's something that you heard in our chat with Warren, it's like maybe – I think the most powerful thing that we could do if this is a real thing is to boycott that first match back with fans. If we had an empty St. James's Park, um, boycotting the Premier League, because actually he's willing to sell, obviously. Um, that would be one of the most powerful things that, that we, could, yeah. we could probably do as a fan base right now. So 
uh, just something to put into your ears. Um, most of our listeners are in the UK. So I, you hear me, hear what I'm saying. Let's, let's talk about it. I mean, I will and if you're I'll boycott London, it, guaranteed. Guaranteed boycott for me. Yeah, we won't. Will you, you join me, Elijah? We were planning on doing a live pod. But, yeah, we're, um, we're not But going. I will say this. If you're in the UK, another thing you can do. Yeah, but if you're in the UK, another thing you can do is storm the Premier League offices and storm Richard Masters' office and demand a decision. So um, mm. would recommend doing so that. So we aren't actually. leaving uh, until I think that's you... going to be a quicker and more effective way to get an answer. Yeah, we get aren't leaving until till you give us an answer. <laughs> but what if he just says, okay, no, it's off? Oh, yeah, you're right. Away. Send them flowers <laughs> and be like, hey, can you please give us an answer? Hey, you made a mistake. You can correct it. Here are some flowers. Gosh, I'm very curious because I'm I'm all in on the fake uh the fake withdrawal of the bid. I'm all in on that. I I I'm all for that until proven wrong. And I'll say that for like two years. Like it'll be two years later, we have a completely different owner, and I'll be like, they're still gonna try to buy the product. <sighs> but I mean, we'll say this: there is plenty of opportunity for the PIF to walk away from this deal completely and buy a number of clubs all over the world. And it's very interesting that they've decided to stick through with Newcastle um, and working with the Rubin brothers and MA stably throughout all of this. I mean, literally again, it's a Saudi PIF. They've made, I think well over 5 billion at this point of, of, of acquisitions since the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic. If they wanted to go into La Liga and buy Real Sociedad, they could easily do that if they wanted yeah. to. Um, so that is interesting that they've they've dedicated so much time and effort to to this Newcastle bid. Yeah. Um, but I guess you want to move on to Zach. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's uh, talk with Zach. Zach recorded his thoughts. Um, he's with family right now, so I hope you're having a great time, Zach. Uh, while we all suffer, by our lonesome. Um, yeah. But we're gonna listen to to Zach's monologue. Uh, we'll cut to him, and then we'll be back on the other side. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants and hotels, home and away. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hey guys, uh, you know, tough day for Newcastle supporters and a day that, uh, although obviously nobody wanted to come, a day that maybe a lot of people had an ominous kind of pit in their stomach feeling would eventually come as... Uh, this has continued to drag on and on, and that's the day that it seems as though the PIF campaign is is officially over. Um, you know, I think most people expected it to end if it did end in the Premier League rejecting the takeover, not as much PIF pulling out. Uh, it is interesting, I think, to see all the blame being put on the Premier League. Um, you know, we'll have to see how the next few weeks play out to see if that's kind of more of a, a PR type move or if new facts and findings come out that really does continue to point a very legitimate legal and uh, I guess more kind of organizational finger at the Premier League. Certain a lot of ang- certainly a lot of anger from me at the moment um, at the Premier League. You know the lack of transparency has been uh, incredibly noticeable, and the Premier League, from a few reports today, pretty much saying that they're not going to come out with a statement. Very very suspicious to read that. Very frustrating. Very draining. I mean, it's pretty much every single emotion uh, to describe just kind of this feeling of being deflated and. You know, we, we've seen so many takeovers over the years that have have gotten to certain stages. We've seen ones that uh, have never really materialized into anything. Uh, we've seen others um, that have kind of started to gain some traction and fallen off, such as the first Amanda Stavely bid. Um, but obviously, this one lasting 16 weeks, I think it is now, um, the one that really is going to hurt the most if the club does not get taken over. Uh, and I think that's the big if now is uh, you saw a number of reports from from Twitter bots, uh, Twitter talking heads more so I suppose, saying that the you know the PIF isn't done; they're just done with this route. Um, we'll, we'll have to see if there is some legitimacy to that claim. I think that the fact that the PIF and their correspondents have made an official statement 
think bodes very poorly for them making another bid. And, you know, the, the mystery buyer, Henry Morris, the American, uh, you know, nobody really knows anything about him. So I don't know how much weight you can put behind watching him make a bid. But yeah, definitely, definitely a tough one. Uh, I spent most of my day staying off social media, um, kind of just trying to clear the head. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's of all times to that it is tough to be a Newcastle fan today feels like it might be the toughest. So um, yeah, hoping that there can be some positive news in the coming months, although we only have about seven weeks until the Premier League restarts. Um, and right now, just on the, on the back of how we ended this season and what the team looks like right now and the uh, alleged £30 million budget for the summer, I mean, as we know in today's game, that buys maybe a player or two who can make a big impact on a side, um, you know, unless you're buying, unless you're hitting a jackpot with a Martin Dubravka or a type player you can get for on the cheap, but um, not a ton of high expectations for Newcastle right now. So definitely, definitely a tough one, a dark day for Newcastle supporters, and we'll see what happens from here. Yeah, so more thoughts from another Jordy American. American. Jordan Cam? Oh, dude, we have questions. Did you forget about that? Yeah, yeah, I was actually going to bring those up, those questions. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I just forgot what? about them. So. Amira, Amira Jordy? Uh, Jordy? He's another Mile High Jordy, actually. He's a Mile High Jordy, that's for sure. Um, yeah, so um, let's get into questions now. Unless there's a, Is there anything you want to say before we close out with questions? Um, no, I'll say something after we're done with questions, a little teaser for the, for the culture. Okay, cool. All right. So some of the questions, if my, this loads, I've got them. Okay. Then you go. Cause mine, it's not loading. Oh, it means it's, I don't know. Um, Mahai Jordy says, are you, are you really surprised? Um, I don't, I don't know. That, that's honestly. a good question I, though. That, it is a good question. I think. I would say yes, because I thought that this bid would get rejected. I didn't think that people would pull out, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So in that case, I'm surprised. Am I surprised that this something of this like unfortunate luck has happened to Newcastle? No. But I am surprised in the manner that it happened. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I'm yeah, like how I was, how I led in the beginning is like I'm numb to it in a way. But um like it still is in a way surprising. I don't know if that makes sense. It's we're in a really weird spot. Like I curse Castle United is what I think. Uh, I don't I don't know how to answer the question. Yeah. I, I guess I am surprised. It just seemed like it was done so many times. Ugh. Yeah, and and the the buying side was very confident. And after hearing what Amanda Saley said, I mean it it made sense that they were confident. They were apparently complying with the Premier League and. We're being told multiple times that the deal is being close to, to being announced and done and dusted. So, yeah, I mean, it is a little bit surprising. But, yeah, um, do you have them up or do you want me to read the next question? Yeah, you go. I don't, it's not loading for whatever reason. All right. Um, so, uh, Blake at B Munch says, how pissed off are you? Um, I don't think pissed off is the word I'd use. Um, I think I'm, I'm definitely – my heart, I'm more sad for the people of Newcastle than I am for myself. Um, I think I'm a bit worried about what this, this means for the future. Um, of course, in the immediate future, you still have Steve Bruce, one of the luckiest managers in Premier League history. Um, and that's not even a joke. That's just statistically speaking, Newcastle, we're the second worst team in nearly every metric available, uh, both expected metrics and just like in general metrics. They were just one of the worst teams in Premier League and somehow ended up in 14th. Um, or 13th. I don't even know, but mid table. Um, but also just, um, it didn't seem like no one, anyone was planning for, uh, you know, spending or spending plan or transfer targets if this deal didn't go through. So I'm a bit more worried than pissed off just about the season in general. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm not pissed off yet either. Uh, we're the relegation favorites besides whoever – like, it's us and the the three that were promoted. Uh, and Villa. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, true. I, it's, I have no idea how Villa stayed up. That was that was an act of God for them. Yeah, I mean, just imagine where Mike Mike actually is thinking right now. He thought he was done with this club, and now he has to support it, and he doesn't have to. So he really doesn't, but he also knows that the club just value. drops vastly, vastly in value. He doesn't. So yeah, I mean, so I, I'm interested to see if he even sticks with Steve Bruce. He's going to take that 17 mil and put it into the transfer budget now. Um, so now we'll go from 35 mil to what, like 50 something mil yeah. for our transfer budget. Yeah. So uh, it, it's it's so totally like worrisome is a great word to use for this. Ah, this this killed me. Go on, next question. All right, um, uh, Mr. Stilio, Mr. Stilio Worldwide, uh, at yo underscore ho. Wait, I'm making sure this is still his uh, his his name. Yeah, at uh, yo underscore ho underscore no underscore mo says, where do we go from here on out? Um, honestly, let's actually save that one for the end because I think it's a good segue into what's next. So um, we'll we'll come back to that one. I uh, will answer Brian Summer uh, at Brian underscore Summer. He's got a lot of questions. Um, I think I can I can nail some of these off the bat, and then we can kind of get your your thoughts on these, Greg. He says, so if, if Ashley, mate, the American comes in, uh, that will take at least four weeks or four months for testing if sale agreed tomorrow. Means too late for the window. Can you see ASM, et cetera, leaving? Are we going to boycott? Does anyone think we won't get relegated? PIF would pass EFL tests. So three of those were questions. Two of those were sentences. Um, can you see Alan St. Maximin and et cetera leaving? So I'm, I'm assuming that's Alan St. Maximin, um, uh, Miguel Amaron, Maddie Longstaff. Totally. My answer to that is, yeah, I mean, sure. Like, I mean, you've, you've submitted yourself essentially as a mid-table relegation battling side. If it comes to January or comes to even now, um, I mean, I'd say January is when it would likely happen. If it comes to January, you're still on Newcastle. And it's still Mike Ashley's the owner, and there's no – sort of progress with the club like those two guys are going to ball out in general they're going to look good there's going to be clubs interested in them that are playing champions league football whether it's in la liga whether it's in italy whether it's in um germany so i I can see both of them easily uh you know moving on to play champions league football joel linton i think he i think he's probably going to stick around yeah and it also depends on on the attitude of mike ashley with the with transfers so he knows he needs to stay up to keep value so is he even going to accept a bid for those players is going to be an interesting one uh, they all they're all under contract yeah. uh and I, I we all know mike ashley knows the importance of staying up so that's the only way i could see it not happening but yeah if newcastle accepts a bid they're gone they're not gonna yeah they're not gonna stay around and hope with us and, and to that credit, if it's a bid, it's going to be a massive bid. I mean, for either one of them players, because it would then – it's like the only way it's accepted is if you can then, like, basically reinvest that money immediately. Um, so there's that. Uh, are we now going to boycott? Greg kind of touched on this earlier. I We touched on this in our Warren segment. It, I mean, I think people should boycott, but – I don't have faith in the Newcastle fan base to organize a boycott effectively because, but we suck at boycotting. We care too much about the team. So um, I don't think we're going to boycott. I think we should, but I don't think it's going to happen. Same. Uh, literally, I don't yeah. have any different like, take uh, Exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about this multiple times on the show for the past two years, three years. Wow, how long have we been doing this? Um, like, boycotts have, have been a thing that's been talked about on the show forever. And we have the same take, like we're supporting them. Just actually do it. And it'll be cool to see. Uh, we've been boycotting Newcastle for, for years now. Um, and his last question says, does anyone think we won't get relegated? I don't think we will get relegated. Um, purely because I think if you can carry the confidence that ASM and McGomeron had, from the restart into the next season, I think Newcastle are in decent enough shape to at least pick up some points at the beginning of the season and, and keep themselves afloat. And I do think, you know, maybe if they can loan in a decent few people, um, they won't get relegated. I also, I'm just saying that purely based on talent alone on our roster, which is dangerous to do because, like, 
we're more talented than, than I'd say three or four teams in the Prem. But uh, talent alone, I'd say I don't think we'll get relegated, but it's still a possibility. Yeah, I'm going to take the opposite here, and I say we're one of the favorites to go down. Um, you know, we got relegated with Sissoko, Wijnaldum, like that whole crew. Uh, we could definitely get relegated with this side. Um, I, I don't know how much – I mean, confidence is going to stop. Tired legs are going to happen towards the end of the year. Uh, and I, I think that this – I think we're in a real threat for relegation uh, headed into the season with a with a management that's – not keen to improve on points and uh, a playing style that doesn't attack other other squads. I think it's very and and a team that historically uh, doesn't or not historically, but at least this year does not play well against lower tier opponents. Um, I, I really feel that Newcastle is a big threat to get relegated this year. Well, we won't get relegated because, uh, like you said, Amanda Saley is going to buy the club in, in two weeks' time. Um, and then I guess we'll go back to Mr. Celia Wyatt's question, which where do we go from here on out? And uh, to that I say we go listen to our season review that's going to be coming out at the end of this weekend featuring our very own Grand Belt. So that's where we go from here on out. Yeah. And our season recap from, from the site. Um, we're doing a little recap series. It's going to be dope. Uh, so yeah, honestly, where we go from here on uh, from now is just continue to support the club. Um, I mean, obviously, there's going to be some people who walk away, and you know, to each their own. I'm not mad at them for walking away. It's been an incredibly stressful process. Um, but uh, as a fan, continue to support the club the best you can. Um, pay attention to the transfer rumors. I mean, hopefully, something you know happens in the next couple of weeks that you know ignites a little passion in the fan base. Maybe Joel Linton will show up and be good this season. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, as a fan, continue to support the club. That's all I really have to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a tough one. And, I, you know, we're, we're hopefully all going to – we're going to be okay, hopefully. Uh, that's that's all we can hope for at this point. But definitely tune into our season review. We'll, we'll obviously add this to our discussion. Um, obviously, it's very important. Uh, well, I mean, we're still part of last season. Uh, this news, I still feel like. So – uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll give you all the information there. Keep, keep following with us. We really appreciate the support. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, if anything happens, you're going to get an emergency podcast from us. But until then, until this weekend, uh, we can't wait to talk to you guys again. And by talk to you, I mean like you listen to what we say. because like, Yeah, it won't be a back and yeah. forth conversation <laughs> for sure. Uh, all right. Well, that concludes our emergency podcast for CHN Radio. Uh, give us a follow at CHN underscore radio. But I'm your host, Greg Coxwell. It's the best damn coast in the land, Elijah Newsom. It's the best song in the land coming home to Newcastle. And away the lines. Looking at the old time bridge, I'm going home, Newcastle. I may as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the club again. The dark at St. James's Park If the gotta get into the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody And to live in Jody land Some people think we're 40 And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had a toughest rope I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wing I've walked the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been a weird I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother seeing Henny how I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Jody heroes, there's so many famous names like Linda Swan in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home. 
If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St James's Park At the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I've walked the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog, it's in James'